to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Now, this is the 500th episode of the Strictly Anonymous podcast, which for me, because it's my show, is a real fucking big deal, okay? I have 500 episodes. This is it. And so I was like, what can I do for my 500th episode? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to interview myself. People are always writing in, trying to ask me questions, DMing me, all that kind of stuff. Everyone wants to know shit about me. I'm always interviewing everybody else. So I'm like, for this show, I'm going to introduce, I'm going to interview myself. I put a call out for questions. I'm going to answer them all. I'm going to get right to the sex stuff in the beginning, okay? Because I know that's what you guys are here for. (laughs) You're going to find out. Have I ever had a threesome? Have I fucked two guys at the same time? Someone even wanted to know if how many guys that I fucked in the same day. Like, you know, have I ever double or triple dipped? (laughs) I have gone over all these questions ahead of time to make sure that I have good answers and detailed answers for you guys. You know, I've lived a long time. I'm old. O-L-D. Older is the better word. So, you know, I've been there, done that. Uh, So some of them I had to like really think about. Like when someone's like, what's your, you know, top three turn-ons and turn-offs? And I'm like, hmm, what are those? Okay, but I have answers for you to all the questions you submitted. Like I said, you're going to find out if I ever had a threesome, if I ever hooked up with a girl, if I had two guys, if I spit, if I swallow, if I like anal, if I... uh, craziest thing I've done if I want to be a cuck queen if I would be a hot wife or cuckold with like a no a hot wife right I can't be a cuckold (laughs) I'd be a cuck queen and all that kind of stuff and then towards the end I give out some interesting crazy facts about me that you would never believe and all that kind of good stuff I do start off giving you a brief you know history about the show because a lot of people had questions about the show so I figured I'd get that over within the beginning you know how and why I started my show you know, all that kind of good stuff. And then I get into the sex. And then towards the end, I do a little, you know, rapid fire questions and give you a couple interesting facts about me that just are so irrelevant and have nothing to do with sex. And then uh, I wrap it up and I give some shout outs to some of my fave listeners. I know who you are. You've been around for a long time. The people that always comment on YouTube or DM me on my Instagram or on my Patreon, I know who you are. And I try to give out a shout out to all of them at the end. So anyway, this is my 500th episode. If you don't my, don't know my show and you don't know me and you don't care about anything about me, you will, I, I think, still give it a try because my stories are interesting. I'll make sure to make them interesting regardless if you're a listener of this show and want to know more. I think you'll find the stuff I say. I can't say interesting again. What's another word? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Interesting. You'll find my stories interesting. Don't worry about it. So sit back, relax, and I'm going to be right back on with my interview. The other thing I just wanted to tell you real quick is I taped this video. Want to see me talking in action instead of just listening to this episode? Well, then go sign up for my Patreon. I posted the video there. 
you get to see my bedroom too, because just so you know, I tape in my bedroom <laughs> and I videotape in my bedroom. These are like videos that I would put on YouTube, but this one is only on Patreon. Uh, and so if you want to put a body to my voice, well then sign up for my Patreon. It's only $5 a month. You can cancel at any time. And not only are you going to see this video and see me like taping this video, you will be able to see tons of anonymous anonymous pics of mostly all of my female guests, as well as some of the guy guests, as well as some extra exclusive episodes, as well as all the confessions that have been calling in on my anonymous uh, confessions line, as well as you get all these episodes early and ad free. So sign up if you want to see me part of me and listen to the 500th episode, me in action. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. A link to that is in the description. This is the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Okay, so I know I said I'm interviewing myself. Really, what I'm just doing is talking for a fucking hour and answering all of your questions. I think I explained in the intro how I'm going to break it down. I'm going to start off with a little backstory on my show, and then I'm going to make sure to get right into me talking about sex, because (laughs) I know people, that's what you're here for. But a lot of people wanted to know, you know, how and why I started my show, you know, questions like, why am I anonymous? What did I do before? I started my show as well as what's in the future of my show. I'm going to tell you what I'm, you know, the, my future plans for the show at the end of the podcast. But right now I'm just going to give you a quick, quick overview of how I started this podcast. Before I started podcasting, I had always worked in entertainment and I did work with comedians. Okay. So, and I happened to actually cocktail waitress right next door to the comedy cellar. That's like a very famous place in New York City where all like the great comics hang. So I knew a lot of them back in the day. Like when I was working there, like Jeff Ross, Colin Quinn, Ray Romano was getting paid 50 bucks a night to come in and do sets there. I mean, like these are the people that were like up and coming at the time, but not really that big. They were on the scene and I became really good friends with a lot of them, but mostly Robert Kelly. He was one of my really good friends. He uh, has been on that show, Louie. I got him all of his stints on Law and Order and stuff like that. I wound up like, you know, when I worked at an agency with comedians, he was one of my clients. He's a fucking great actor. And we became really great friends. And he eventually, when podcasting started to be a thing like seven, eight years ago at this point, he was like, you should start your own podcast. He knew I liked to talk a lot. Uh, He was running one and he knew how to do it. So I was like, yeah, that's like fucking great. I'm going to do it. You know, so I spent all this money on all the equipment. Uh, It was, you know, like maybe like $2,000. And I set out to start my show. Now, I really was petrified. I remember like laying up at night and thinking like, why did I blow all that money on this equipment? Like, I I don't know how to do a show. Like, is my show going to suck? Like, you know, (laughs) and I wanted to do a call and advice show because I love talking to people and, you know, interviewing them and finding out about their lives and then giving them my opinions about things and just analyzing stuff. And, you know, my friends were fucking sick of me doing that to them. So I figured if I started like a call and advice show, I could do what I naturally love to do and want to do at all times. But with people that actually want to do it, somebody who wants to answer all my questions, someone who wants to talk about them and really reveal stuff about them. 
So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a call and advice show about love, relationships, not sex. It was not supposed to be this show. Okay. And this is what I love about life. Okay. I set out to do a call and advice show. I wanted to get callers for my show. I didn't want anybody I knew to know not because, like I said, it was I knew it was going to be a show about sex, but because I thought it was going to suck. I thought I was going to fail, and I just didn't want to fail in front of anybody. So on the DL, I went looking for a place to put ads out, soliciting people to call into my show because I needed the callers. And when I went to Craigslist and tried to post in like the community or help wanted section or like the regular section, it cost money to do that. And I don't know, I was being cheap, frugal or whatever that I was like, fuck that, I'm not spending 30 bucks an ad because I wanted to put a lot of ads out. So I went to the personals only because it was free, not because I was looking for guys with these crazy stories. <laughs> but seriously, I posted ads on every section in the personals and boom, I hit gold. I remember the first five emails I got were the first five episodes I taped and I taped them all in one day. And I had a co-host at the time, Tommy, any of my diehard listeners will remember him. I started with a co-host. He was horrified that I talked for five hours in one day and he never wanted to do that again, but I could do it. I loved it. It was great. I had a guy on who could only like come from or get off on going down on a girl. I had another young kid. He was like fucking his best friend's brother's wife. And the best friend was like the sheriff in town. I mean, it was like, you just couldn't make this shit up. And I loved it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what my show's going to be about. You know, I didn't have the name. I didn't know I was going to change everyone's voices. I didn't, you know what I mean? It was all kind of happened backwards because my plan wasn't to post anything until I had like a bunch taped. So that's when I realized, okay, it's going to be this anonymous show. I came up with a title. I came up with a logo and I started going on Craigslist and getting all my people. Now, that's how my show started. It kind of happened backwards. And that happens with my life all the time. Um, it's not like a stretch. Like, listen, I haven't done most of the things that people have talk, call in to talk about on my show. And I think that that works for my show because I'm naturally curious and because I don't know about like gangbangs, you know, I have a lot of questions and I, you know, that's my natural curiosity leads the conversation. So it actually really helps. But with that said, it, it doesn't mean that I was like this really vanilla person that never talked about sex and all of a sudden I had a sex show. I mean, most people who knew me when I was younger would probably say that I was like inappropriately always talking about sex. Like I love the fact that people hated talking about it and found it so horrifying. And I think I use it as a way to get attention. I don't really know because I do remember being young and just always talking about sex and being and people being horrified by it. And I just did, never understood it. And I think I used it as a way, like I said, to get attention or something, but I never had a problem talking about sex. I was always super open about it. I was over, always super curious about it. I mean, when I was really young, I just could not wait to lose my virginity and get fucking at it, okay? Like I used to read these magazines and I was like, you know, 14, 15, and it would be talking about sex, like sex quizzes. And I was like, I just wanna be involved in this. Like when could I just lose my virginity? So I'm gonna tell you my losing my virginity story because it's the great segue into my sex life. It is kind of a funny story, so I'm gonna tell you it. 
I don't know what I really want to know because a lot of people are going to be listening to the story if anybody else lost their virginity in this fashion because I think it is very bizarre. It definitely sets the stage of what kind of person I am. It's not that romantic, but I'm going to tell you it anyway. And I just want to know if anyone else lost their virginity this way. But um, anyway, when I was younger, super young, like 15 and a half, maybe I was like, you know, I'm a foodie and I was, I get obsessed with like food and if restaurant has like one thing that I love, I go there all the time. So there was this French restaurant called the crepe at a mall by my house and they had this French uh, onion soup that I was like obsessed with. And I would just go there all the time with my friends. You know, I'd save up my 10 bucks, go there. We were super young. You know, we would order up in the French restaurant. And one day the bartender who worked there came over and he's like, oh, are you so-and-so? And are you so-and-so's neighbor? Like I've seen you in the hood. And apparently my next door neighbor was like this older kid. He was like in his 20s and this guy was his friend and he had seen me at my, ne- you know, in on my block, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I know you. And he's like, when you guys are done, why don't you come in and have some drinks? I was like, okay, I'm fucking down. So we go in, we start drinking, me and my girlfriend, and he gets us loaded. And eventually at some point he asks us if we're virgins. And I'm like, no, I'm not a virgin. But I was like... <laughs> My friend looked at me like, what the fuck are you saying? But I was a virgin. I completely lied. I'm not a liar, but every now and then, like a lie will just come out without me even thinking about it. Has that happened to you? <laughs> and you're like, two seconds later in your mind, you're like, why did I just lie about it? I don't know. But I think I lied about it because I was trying to be cool. This was like a 20-year-old bartender. He was in a band called, I can't say the name of the band because I might give it away, but he was in a band at the time where I lived. And, you know, I just thought he was super cool. And I wanted him to think I wasn't a virgin. So anyway, fast forward to we're about to leave and he tells us that they're looking for a hostess. So I decided to apply because I'm going to be 16 and I have to start working, you know, part time, like whatever you got to do when, at that age. And I get the job. So I start working there. And we all know what happens next, right? This guy starts hitting on me. And then we start like making out in the bathroom and doing all this kind of stuff. And he's, you know, wants to date me. And I'm like, shit, he thinks I'm not a virgin. You know, I remember what I told him, you know, and I'm like, how, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want him to know that I lied, you know, and now I'm dating and I'm going to have to fuck him because he's like 21, <laughs> you know, but I need to lose my virginity and I need to lose it fast, right? Because I'm going to have to fuck this guy. I don't know how long I could keep putting it off. So I call up my best friend. Now, this was a guy that I had fooled around with in the past. He happens to be gay now. (laughs) But uh, he was a guy that I had fooled around, but he was my best friend. And I was actually really always secretly in love with him. So I'm kind of glad I lost my virginity to him and not the asshole bartender. And I said to him, like, listen, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to fuck me until my cherry pops. Like I need to bleed, okay? Because my cherry needs to be popped because I don't want this guy to know that I lied to him. (laughs) I'm not a virgin. I mean, that's a little nutty. I don't know. It's just so funny. So he was like, yeah, sure. And we wrote, you know, back in the day, there was something called typewriters and you pushed on the things. We wrote like typed written dirty letters back and forth about what we were going to do. I still have those letters to this day. They're super funny. And the plan was I was going to go over his house. He would leave a joint in his mailbox with the key and I would come up and we would fuck. And that's what happened. I fucked him once, went into the bathroom. I mean, I was really like a problem solver. Like I needed to see blood or I wasn't going home. So I went to the bathroom afterwards no blood. I was like, you got to fuck me again. I think we smoked more pot. He fucked me again. I saw blood. I was like, okay, job done. Like my guy will never know that I, 
I wasn't a, that I lied and uh, and that's that and he never knew I never told him like I said I'm very glad <laughs> that I lost my virginity to that guy instead of the other guy because the guy that I dated the 21 year old bartender oh my god he just cheated on me massively. And so at the end of the day, I did lose my virginity to someone that I really liked who was my best friend. But it was really more to like, it was just like an efficient thing that I need to do. And it's very me. <laughs> it's very me. Does anyone lose their virginity in that kind of a way? So anyway, I'm going to get to some interesting sex stuff, the stuff that you guys wanted to know. Basic, But I'm going to give you some like basic stuff first, okay? I would label myself heterosexual, though I dabbled and you'll hear about those stories. I'm a three input girl. Just like I wanted to have sex early on. I was like the girl like at 16 begging my boyfriend to fuck me in the ass. Like I just really wanted to try that. I always wanted to do everything. So I've always been a three input girl, but it's not like anal is always on the menu. I've talked about this before, but the thing with anal is like I could get into it and then it's all I want for like two, three weeks and then I don't want it for like eight months or three years, you know? But when I like it and want it, I'm fucking into it. I can't squirt. Everybody knows that who listens to my show and I really want to. I'm not multi-orgasmic and I really want to be and I swallow. <laughs> now listen, I don't understand how people don't swallow. And I don't know what goes on when someone doesn't swallow. Like I always imagine like people who don't swallow, like do they like, you know, they like blowing you and then they put it in their mouth and they go in and spit it out or do they take their mouth off and then they jerk you off and then the cum goes all over. I would think that that's okay, but I don't understand the not swallowing thing. I think people should swallow. I've always swallowed, but I will say, okay, and I've talked about this before, like, you know, when you sm swallow jizz, like you, it really has stuff in it. Like if your guy is doing drugs, you could tell, okay? If your guy's on like a lot of medication, you could tell. I had a boyfriend once who was snorting heroin and I had no idea, okay? I found out like after we broke up really long time after, but it was like so obvious. I should have known that it was always like, <laughs> Oh my God, your pupils are so tiny and so cute. It's like so interesting how little your pupils are. I swear to God. I had no idea what that meant, but he was always, um, he was snorting heroin the whole time we were dating. I didn't know. And one time I blew him and swallowed and I immediately threw, threw up. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Like serious, and I believe it's because the heroin was in there. I could literally go and work in the police station and do drug testing just by swallowing cum. 
that's how much I could taste it. Like I could taste clean cum. You know, there's nothing going on there. And I could taste bitter cum. It's like a lot of medication. I could taste drug cum. I don't know. Um, but I know that that doesn't really motivate anybody who doesn't swallow to swaddle. But I really think, you know, hashtag fucking swallow. It's so it's not bad. I think it's hot. I'm into it. Um, so that's a couple basic stuff. Now, listen, I know you're listening to this episode because you dig hot stories. Don't we all like hot stories? I know I do. I'm totally turned on by what I hear. And that's why I love Dipsy Stories. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. No matter what you're into from straight stories to straight up hookup stories to queer stories and more, no matter what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. And you want to know what my favorite feature is? It's their jump to the action button. That's right. If you just want to get right to it because you're super horny and you don't have that much time, there's a button you can push that's going to take you right to the part where the action starts so you could get right to it. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. Somebody wanted to know what my kinks are. Like, are you a size queen? Are you into BBC cuckold? You know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the cuckold thing in a little bit. But I would say I was definitely a size queen, I think, starting off at a young age. One of my early on boyfriends, because someone asked me, like, what's the biggest dick I've ever been with? And I would say it was big dick Nick. Okay. (laughs) It was like, he had like a Tommy Lee dick. I mean, when it got hard and went up, it like fell over. It was like big and long and thick, not too thick, not too long. It was like, it was really like amazing. And the hard thing about having somebody like that early on is it does kind of set you up for what you like. It's, you know, so I definitely felt like I was a size queen for a long time, but I have to say, and I've said this before in my size queen episodes where I'm talking to someone and when we're talking about dick size, I have had, I mean, it all comes down to chemistry because listen, I have had boyfriends that by no means were as big as Big Dick Nick. It didn't even come close. I had some guys who were on the smaller size, but it didn't matter because the chemistry I had with them was so off the chart that I'd be like, I had a guy who couldn't even get it up and I'd be like to put it in soft and I'd have an orgasm, swear to God. (laughs) I, because I was so horny for him. So I think that, you know, yeah, I'm a size queen, but did that mean that I had every other guy was as big as big dick Nick after? No, I uh, honestly, I don't think I saw one or had a long-term relationship with one that was as big, but I would say my long-term booty call guys have always been on the bigger side. And you will, now I'm going to give you my top three turn-ons and turn-offs because somebody asked me for those and it does involve like skinny dicks. (laughs) My top three turn-ons when it comes to sex, 
One weird thing about me is I always like guys with like big balls, like big hanging balls, saggy balls. Like, you know, people used to be horrified that I used to say that. But I always felt like 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 kind of saggy balls are kind of hot because like when someone's like fucking you, you could feel them They're like that bang bang like feeling like I always like that. And I thought it was like super hot. So I really liked long hanging balls like old men balls, the balls that most people think are gross. I thought are hot. And I'm sure there are going to be people listening that are like, I totally understand Kathy okay I'm right there with you and some people are like oh that's gross because I know when I used to talk about balls with people I was always in the minority about liking big balls but I really liked it I will say like a you know a dick that's on the thickish side that's like a turn on I like girth not so much length but a girthy cock is that the word most people like to use (laughs) is what I would typically prefer. And it is a turn on. But like I said, it's not a turn off if it doesn't exist. But I would say, is it a turn on? Yeah. And then the other thing that I really think is can be a turn on or a turn off is like, you know, if someone is physically present or not. Now, I don't know if you guys get this and if you're as aware as I am, but I have been with guys who are so like, passionate and in there and when you're with them you just feel that energy exchange and you get so fucking into sex and that's what makes it like hot that energy exchange so someone has to be present for that and uh, but I fucked guys and one guy that I know of and I won't say his name because you guys know him but like he was someone that was like so physically present when I was sitting there talking to him and he was one of the most interesting people I knew as a person but when it when we started to fool around and the first time I was so shocked, it was like he like fucking disappeared. It was like he was going through the motions and he had everything down, but it was like there was no energy there. It was like he fucking disappeared. It was like very flat. I can't explain it, but I couldn't feel anything from him. And yet I would say one of my other guys who was the most present and the most passionate and the most in my fucking face when we were banging and so sexy hot, he was somebody who a lot of times just like checks out when I'm sitting across from him and you're like, hello, where the fuck are you? Like you're not here, you know? So I think being present, you know, and bringing yourself and just like getting in there for sex is a definite turn on and a must for me. And like I said, the turnoff would be that you're not present. But I have three other turnoffs because somebody wanted to know what my other turnoffs were. One of them, okay, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't like razor stubble on a chest, okay? I don't like it. I'm sure you don't like it on a girl's leg. So either let your hair grow because I don't care. Have hair. I'd rather hair or no hair, but no razor stubble. Okay, doesn't bother me. I like a hairy man. I don't like a hairy man. It doesn't really matter. I like manly men. So if you have some hair, leave it. If you have hair and you don't want it, get laser hair removal. It works. It lasts forever. And you won't have razor stubble. Okay, (laughs) that's a fact. The other thing I don't like, and this is like a dysfunction, and I think it's the reason why I can't squirt, is like I don't like long skinny dicks. Or people who finger me with one finger. Like, I'm like that girl, if you're fingering me, I'm like, put three in, please. Okay, I don't want one skinny finger in there. I don't want a long, skinny dick. Uh, It's like, me and my friends call it pokey pokey. (laughs) Everyone knows. I'm like, oh, no pokey pokey. Or he looks like he'd have a pokey pokey. Like, I don't like anything poking me. So, like, I don't know if some doctor at some point molested me or what I have with this, like, thin thing going inside my vag. But I don't like that. Like I said, if I'm like a three finger girl, I like I like a girthier 
dick. I, you know, so uh, I don't like that. And I think it's like my issue. No offense to anyone that has a skinny dick. Okay. Because like, I'm sure that works for many people. I think there's something wrong with me that I have this weird attachment to skinny things inside of me. And that's why I find it very hard to squirt because I don't like like a finger in there moving around, touching me. I don't even like someone touching the inside of my belly button. Um, And anyway, the third thing that is a deal breaker or like a turn off is a bad kisser. You know, it's kind of like that energy thing. Kissing to me is fucking hot and sexy I think kissing could be like a real dirty hot thing if you do it with a guy who could really kiss the right way and you're so on the same page and you're in the same groove and when you're not you're not and I wonder like I don't know if two bad kissers kiss is it bad kissing it's kind of like which I don't know like what is a bad kisser is it all relative is it like you know a bad kisser just someone who doesn't kiss like me but if they kiss like somebody else they're good I don't know like is it factual like you could be a the factual good kisser or bad kisser. I don't know, but I've kissed some bad kissers and there's nothing worse. And like, honestly, I wouldn't date a guy who's a bad kisser. I also wouldn't really date a guy who chewed with his mouth open. <laughs> this is just turnoffs in general, but like I'm really into, I have that thing called misophonia. <laughs> like I really, I can't handle like noises, you know? And the problem with noises when you're old and you're fishing in the pond of like older guys, I mean, they typically are very phlegmy when they get old. Like like, doesn't your grandfather and your father or your, you know, 60-year-old friend, like, always, like, clearing his throat or coughing, you know what I mean, or sniffing? <laughs> I don't know. At least my father does. And it's fucking annoying, and I can't handle it. I have a problem with, like, weird noises. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, break up with a guy if he chewed with his mouth open, but I have trained many. Like, you can't chew with your mouth open when you're with me. That's that. I'm not going to go into other kinds of turnoffs. Have you ever had a threesome? Yes, I have. I've had two threesomes with a woman. I've never had any kind of threesomes with a guy, though I had this one boyfriend who would always try to get me to fuck his friends when we were drunk. And this is how I know I really don't want to do it because I did a lot of things when I was drunk and fucked a lot of people I didn't want to. But one thing I never did when I was drunk, even though the opportunity presented it, was like, allow another guy to come into the picture. There was one boyfriend who like I remember like on three different occasions we're like banging and his friend came in and I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, you know, not telling the guy to leave. And I'm like, get out of here. And so he would then, you know, let the guy go out. But it was definitely a set thing that if, you know, I was down, he had set it up that this was going to go on. But I never did. I did, though, because somebody asked me, oh, do you ever have a DP? You know, I never did it in real life, but I do like that fantasy of having like two dicks inside you at the same time. Like, I don't know if you notice it, but when someone's talking about DP, I always get like super interested of somebody who's actually really done it in real life because I think it's hot. I don't know that I'd ever do it in real life, but I would mock it up with boyfriends like, okay, you fuck me and then let's put something else in my ass at the same time. Like, I really like that situation, but I never would be with two guys at the same time. But I have had some threesomes. I've been with women by themselves too. And I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you about my first threesome. 
It's kind of a funny story. So I had just moved into the city. Now, when you live in the city, okay, you there are like apartments and you build walls, okay? You get you rent a two bedroom, but you put three people in there so you could, you know, rent cheaper. So, and I tell you this because you need to, it's, it's relevant to the story. So I had just moved into this apartment with two new roommates who I didn't know. I like found them in the newspaper. We all found each other. We all moved into the city together. We're all young girls. I'm party fucking central. Like before I quit, I loved going out and I went out all the time, every single night, 24 seven. So, you know, here I was living in the city, finally able to drink as much as I want and not have to drive and all that stuff. So I'm living it up. And there was a place called the Limelight in New York City that was like one of the best clubs ever because it was like this old church and all these weird stairways and places. And on Sundays, it was like rock and roll Sundays. And I saw like amazing bands there, okay, back in the day and it was like my favorite night to go out was Sunday night at the limelight and I went out and I met two guy friends now we had just moved in so the two girl the one girl who was living in the middle room the wall wasn't built so they she was sleeping with her friend that night on a mattress in the floor in the middle of the apartment you know my room was on one side the other room on the other side so me and two of my guy friends go to the limelight rock and roll Sunday. Now I get like smashed, like kind of like blackout drunk. Like I would always drink to the end. The reason why I don't drink is because I was like that girl that was like, if the bar was closing, I was like drinking everyone's last sips of their drinks. Like I never could stop. There was never, oh, okay, I don't want any more. You know, it was like, I drink to the end, blackout, everything's closed. I can't get any more alcohol. I mean, that was me. So I was having a best time. I was kind of blacked out, but I do remember some stuff because like I remember my friend saying, hey, this girl here needs a place to stay. Can she like stay at your place? And I'm like, of course she can, you know, and it's like this girl, whatever. I don't remember her, but like we, well, no, I do. So then we all go back to my apartment, me, the girl, this one guy and my friend. Okay. So it's two guys, two girls go into my room. Now, my all of a sudden, the one guy starts to like fool around with me. And then the girl starts fooling around with me. And I remember thinking like, this is like kind of nice. You're just like laying there and like these two people are all on you like doing shit. And it, it turned out that this girl was a lesbian and wanted nothing to do with the guy and the guy you know was with me and I didn't realize but he had set this whole thing up I was so drunk he knew I guess he could like take advantage of me (laughs) you know this was all a setup I found out later I didn't know so we all had sex now the other friend who was there decided to leave okay and so in the morning we wake up and it's me and the guy and the girl's not there. And I'm like, thank fucking God, because my hair smelled of her pussy. It was disgusting, like a very bad smell. Sorry, like this is not a hot story, but it's interesting. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Like horrified, you know, like what went down and what do my roommates know? So all of a sudden I hear people talking outside and I'm like, oh my God, I hope it's not the girl. I open the door. And there's my new roommate who I barely know. I know her for like two weeks with her friend sitting on the floor and the girl, the girl that's in her like slutty outfit from the neck of the day before. She has like a big wad of hair extensions. Swear to God, I could see this picture in my head out of her hair, hair. She's holding it in her hands and she's brushing it while she's rapping to my roommates. Apparently she woke up early, went out and started to like make friends with my roommates. And I'm like, oh my God, how do we get this psychotic girl out of my house? You know, and we eventually did. And my roommates were like, it was like really weird because like what went on in your room? (laughs) 
you know, we saw people go in and then one person came out and then we had heard all this noise and then they met that fucking girl. It was horrifying. Uh, and so that was my first time. I don't really remember it. There was like little, you know, I just had that smell and I knew what went down and I remembered in the beginning. But, you know, after that, it became me fooling around with women became a thing that I would do whenever like I got dumped or I was flipping out about a guy. I would go like pick up a girl in a bar. I always picked up virgins. And for some reason, I think that that was kind of annoying. But the minute they found out that I was down there, like, oh, let's go, you know, <laughs> it's like, and then there was another threesome. And that one didn't wind up being great either. Because, you know, we hung out the whole night. And I knew that these people were down. And I was like their girl. and They were taking me home. But this was like the first time that they were going to do it. I'm like a girl's girl. I'm not one to ever want to take somebody's boyfriend's attention away from them. I'm because so, I, I think I project like I would never want that for myself. So I'm very careful about never like flirting or being, you know, just doing that to another girl. And, uh, you know, I was very into her that whole night. We hung out a long time before we went back to their house and me and her were like hanging the whole time. And I kept talking to her like, if you don't want to do this, don't do it, blah, blah, blah. Like I was like team her, not team him but he was like down and uh we went back to their apartment and when we started to fool around I felt her energy shift she was like freaked out because this guy was very pushy you know he really wanted to fool around with me and I could tell it really bothered her so I stopped I felt bad I felt that energy shift like I said I'm very sensitive to that kind of stuff I felt bad for her I project I'm very empathetic because I like I said I projected onto her like I would never want to be in her position so I stopped that threesome and left I haven't been with a girl in a really long time I would say the problem with it for me like I remember one of my roommates um, those roommates found out I told them okay what went down and one of the roommates was like wow you know I've always wanted to be with a woman and try it like what was it like I was like you know in a weird way you know maybe you never know whether you're gay or not you know and for me it was like a very much solidified the fact that I wasn't because I didn't really enjoy it I'll say one thing like girls kiss really good because like there's no hair on their face and it's very soft lips and that's very different but there's uh and I'm going to go back to that weird energy thing that I talk about for me there's a lack of like an energy exchange. It always was like kind of flat, like nothing's kind of there because it's like the same. It's the same energy. It's just, you know, whereas when I feel like I'm with a man, that, you know, masculine testosterone thing that comes to the table and the blending of my female estrogen with that is like what's top of the mountain for me. Um, and I never felt really satisfied. It's like, yeah, good as like a maybe a fantasy, but never did it really pan out or was that great for me in actual reality. Like I said, did that same thing just wasn't really there. And then let me tell you, I'm like a contrarian. Like I like to do things that nobody does. And when I did that, it was like there, it was like, you know, 20 years ago, it was like very taboo. Uh, now every girl does it like, who cares, you know? <laughs> So I like to do the opposite. So now it's not even a big deal if you do it. I don't, you know, I haven't done it. I'm not really interested in it. But a lot of people have asked me this question. They said, you know, has a show made you want to participate in a lifestyle? And if so, in what way? And that's where I would say the cuck queen thing comes in. Like, I do think that there is a hot thing for me in knowing that my guy was just with somebody else. Somebody wanted to know if I ever fucked two guys at one time or like how many people have I had sex with in a 24-hour period. And I don't think I ever double dipped. 
that I can remember. I might have, but I don't think so. But I used to like, I had a long-term booty call guy. And I used to like when he did. He would double and triple dip sometimes because he owned a bar and he said he he would, I forget what we would call it, but he had this term that he called it where he would take girls down and he'd fuck them in the office. And I was like his long-term booty call girl. So he would tell me stuff. And I would like when I was like the second girl. So I didn't realize until I did my show that I definitely have that cuck queen thing going on. That's what I believe. Because, you know, the the same guy, like I, you know, I used to be like, have you fucked anybody like before you came here? And he'd be like, no, no, no. Sometimes he'd like really lie to me. And I'd be like, no, you don't understand. It might like help the situation. And then when I started hearing people talk about it on my show, it definitely made me feel like, oh my God, I think I'm a fucking cuck queen. And you know, and I do believe that I will bring that to the table in my next relationship. I'm currently not in a relationship. If I was in one, I would keep it open and I would keep it open in that way. Whereas, and probably I will meet like the nicest guy that doesn't want to do that. The one guy, I mean, because there are guys out there that are very monogamous by nature and would have no interest in that. And sure enough, that's the fucking guy I'm going to meet when all my other guys cheated. And it would have been great because they could have come back and told me. But I think that's the way I would like to try that in a situation. And I do think somebody asked me if I'm in a cuckold situation or would I be interested in that? Meaning like the guy wants me to go out or somebody said, would you be a hot wife? And I'm like, you know, no, but if that if I was in a relationship and a guy said, oh, you know, I would really like for you to go out and have experiences, I wouldn't go out and fuck random guys because I'm, I am very monogamous by nature. I've talked about this before. If I have a, even when I have booty calls and I don't have boyfriends, I have the same one for a long period of time. I don't like variety in anything. I don't like variety in clothing. I could wear the same fucking pants and shirt. There was, <laughs> there was a show, a documentary with Dr. Dre in the Beats guy, you know, I forget what it was called, but it was about those two producers and it was so great. And they opened up Dr. Dre's closet and it was all the same pair of pants and all the same white t-shirt and all the same shoes. And I'm like, oh my God, it was like heaven for me. Like that's what I would want my closet to look like. I like the same shit. I like the same, I go to a restaurant, I order the same fucking thing every time. And that makes me happy. I don't like variety with guys even. So, but I have thought about the cuckold situation in that if my guy wanted me to go and do it, I totally would. And I think it could be hot. Like I think, but I would go back to like one of my booty call guys. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, adding to that sexual experience by knowing that you're going to take it back and give it and tell those stories to somebody else probably makes it super hot. So I am into all things cock. I would totally be down for it. And I would set that up in my relationship. I don't think I would have an open, a, a, a monogamous relationship or be interested in one anymore. I used to want that. I used to be very jealous when I thought someone was lying. You know, somebody asked me, has my views on guys changed since I've been doing my show? No, I always knew guys did all this shit. And that was there and lied the problem. Like, but guys wouldn't tell me. So you just like know this stuff is going on. And I would just go mental that I think it's much better. Just put everything on the table. Let's be honest. This is who I am. This is who you are. And let's like fucking get down together. I always, when I was younger, thought the top of the mountain when you're like 67 years old is to be a fucking swinger. Just have some fun. You know, like some people are like, oh, when I'm old, I'm just going to drink and do everything bad. I was always like, when I get really old, I'm just going to be a swinger and fuck everyone. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> have some 
fun. I think there's something evolved about, you know, that couple who has such a strong foundation with each other that they don't feel the need to own each other sexually. So my show has helped me clear up some of those things, made me realize stuff that I'm into, stuff that I'm not. Somebody asked me for my top five sexual experiences. I, you know, it's hard to tell because I think like when you, you're like five sexual experiences, is like, you know, anybody that I wind up with most of the time, the people that I've had like the best chemistry with, it's like there's plenty of those guys. And when you have that kind of good chemistry, like it's just fucking great because of the chemistry, right? But there are two situations that, and I think that, you know, this has to do with me being into something else that I learned on my show, which is tease and denial, okay? I think that's another one of my kinks, okay? Let's say we're gonna add on to my kinks, cuckold, cuck queen, and tease and denial. When someone started to tell me those stories, I was like, oh my God, I could think back to all these things that I've done sexually that I thought were super hot. And it was like, it's they had that tease and denial aspect. I love drawing things out, okay? I don't like something good to be over, right? Like I, if, I, if you give me 10 presents, I don't want to open them. I want to wait. I want to go so slow because I don't want my present opening to be over. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If I have good food on my plate, I eat what I love last because I don't want that to be over. Like that is how I roll and I roll that way in every aspect. And when it comes to sex, I don't want it to be over. So I like that fucking hot, feeling and being in that place of feeling like really horny and really wet and like, you know, and, and not gone over the edge yet. I like to make that last as long as possible. And there was one guy, okay, we called him the half, <laughs> the halfway in guy. Now the halfway in story is fucking hilarious. Okay. This is a real true story. So I had this guy, he was like my best friend and we were like really close friends. And then we started like make out and we were going to like date. And he was really freaked out that, you know, here I was his best friend. We had been friends for so long. I was like the end all be all. And now he's making out with me and we kiss really good. And there's all this chemistry and he's like, oh my God, like, what does this mean? Like, we're going to get married. Like he was really freaked out commitment wise by what was going down between us. So he was like slowing that shit down. And he was like, I can't fuck you. Like I kept trying to fuck him. And he was like, I can't fuck you because the minute I fuck you, it's like a relationship. And then we have to get married and it's so much. And he played these really weirdo games. Now, let me just tell you something, girls. Okay. I know you're out there and you've experienced this. A lot of guys won't fuck you because they have commitment issues. There are guys like that out there. I've met more than one. But what this guy did and why we call him the halfway in guy, because it was so fucking funny. Like, so we would be fooling around and he would put, because he didn't want to fuck me all the way because then it was over. You know, it was like, we have to get married. <laughs> he would we'd be making out and it was like the most sickest chemistry because he's a good kisser. And he would put his dick in halfway and he would be like, don't move don't move. I won't put it anymore. Like he would never thrust it. He would just let it stay in there. And he believed, okay, that this was like, so this didn't mean anything, right? And so, and he would just like sit there and we would just like be making out and his dick would be there. And like, swear to God, if I would like cough for even a second and there was like the slightest movement, it was like the hottest thing I ever felt. Because people would be like, why the fuck would you play this halfway in guy in a game? Like it's, it's a torture. And it was like, no, it was actually hot. Like there was nothing more of a turn on than that. And I really will tell you, Go home and try the halfway in game with your partner. 
I tried it with other boyfriends after because everybody knew about the halfway in guy. I told you I used to talk about sex to everybody. So I, I was an open book and everyone thought I was crazy. But I'm like, no, it's super fucking hot because think about it. When you're like fucking a guy, like why do you need it so hard and fast at the end? Because you get so used to what's going on and then you need more and more. So if you just are putting it in and you just sit there and you make out and you keep going for like literally 45 minutes, I swear to God, we would do this. And you don't do anything. You're not allowed to move. The slightest movement, it like fucking sends you over the edge. Swear to God, I tried it. I had a guy, I called him San Francisco guy. And you know, we had a lot of sex and we did the halfway in game. I sat on top of him. We just put it in there. We were just like fooling around, talking dirty without moving. And then just a slightest movement. Holy fucking shit. So stuff like that, I liked. I think like, you know, when I, I never put it together, you know, I just thought it was good because it was good. But then, you know, there was another guy one time, we were like toxic. We had a toxic relationship. You know, I had a lot of those where like, oh, we were not supposed to be together, but we can't take our hands off of each other, you know, and those toxic relationships always have the best chemistry ever, right? So like, they would just be touching my foot and I'd get wet, you know, so this guy was toxic. We kept trying to create these rules and boundaries, like I won't fucking fool around with you, no kissing, we can't do this, you know, and so me and this guy had got it down to like, we cannot kiss or no penetration, nothing, but we were still hanging out and still like going to town. So there was one night, I remember it, and let me just tell you, this was in the past 10 years. I'm not, I'm not talking like when I'm 15. I did these grow things as a grown-ass woman. But me and this guy, like I just remember just being on top of him probably for like 45 minutes, like a very long time, just smelling each other and being each other and grinding each other and dry humping and just being lost in this crazy moment, me and him, of not being able to go further and just being able to do and all these weird boundaries that uh, we put on ourselves to me and I believe to him because he stuck around for the whole 45 minutes and he was just as into it and that was one of the guys that was super passionate and very present was so hot like so hot and like I said it wasn't until I did my show and I started to talk to a couple guys who were into tease and denial one in specific that really taught me a lot I was like wow I have that thing too. I like a good tease and denial. And like I said, I'm that way in my fucking life. I'm into tease and denial. Okay, which stories have you heard that surprise you have turned you on by listening to that, that, that were turning you on while listening to them? A lot of people want to know, do I get horny when I listen to my show? And I say, no. I might have, listen, I've been doing my show for seven years. I might have when I was younger. I started in my early 40s when I was hornier than ever. I think my age has something to do with it. I don't know, but I really, it's kind of like a gynecologist. Like you think he's like, like getting horny when he's looking at your pussy. Like I just think, you know, when you're in work mode, you're in work mode. When I'm talking to somebody, I'm just focused on listening to them and I'm curious with my brain and I'm listening with that part of my body. I think if a guy did it, it'd be harder for them not to get hard because they're more wired like that way. But for me, it's very easy to keep my horniness out of it. So I don't get turned on when I listen to these stories. Someone wanted to know if I've ever cheated. The answer is, yeah, but I would say I'm not a cheater. And like, how does that make sense? Okay, it makes sense in this. Okay, I cheated a lot when I was a drinker. And I cheated, not because I like variety. I told you I fucking don't. I cheated always out of insecurity and also out of revenge. Okay, when I was young, I didn't really know what to do when I was angry. So I would just like act out. Actually, 
<laughs> my friends called me the mad spitter. I got fired from a place because they found out that I spit in customers' drinks. Like I would just like spit in people's drinks because it was the only way I could release my anger. I didn't know how to deal with it. I so my friends, like I said, my nickname when I was young, Liz is really young. It was called the mad spitter. But so I, you know, when I would be really upset, there was one guy who cheated on me. That first guy, the first boyfriend that I you know, lost my virginity to. Um, the way our relationship ended is I finally came to the conclusion that he was cheating with everybody and anybody. And I wound up getting him back and fucked somebody else. And then I told him on my birthday, and this is very true. I remember in a shitty hotel, he took me to one of those, oh, pay 20 bucks, little cabin hotels in town. He brought me there. It was the first time he bought me a present. I had his jacket that was like his band jacket. And after we fucked, I said, I just want to let you know that I cheated on you. <laughs> you know, to get him back. And I didn't even tell him that I fucked the guy. I think I just told him that I blew him, but I did fuck the guy. And uh, he was like, you're dumped. Like I need to, he literally said, I need to go home and be with my favorite person myself. And then he drove really fast home. And I'll never forget, like Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart was playing. And he was like speeding down the road. And I mean, the addict to me just loved the drama and the loud music and the fast car scenario going down that it just really, it stuck out in my brain. And he dumped my ass. <laughs> so I told him. And then the other time I really cheated on somebody was um, a guy who I dated. And I think he found out I cheated on him when he read my book because I'm still friends with him. And he was like, you fucking whore. I don't know. He was just really mad. But, you know, he was like this guy that was always like, I just want to fuck you. I don't want to date you, like blah, blah, blah. So I don't really think it was cheating. But he didn't know that the whole time we were sleeping together and he was treating me like garbage. The only way I could justify staying with him was if I went and fucked this other guy behind his back. And this guy, I would fuck him during work. Like he was like this guy at work in the office that I work with that everyone thought was hot. And this is so weird, but like, I would say I didn't even think he was that hot, but because everyone else did, I was like, okay, I should probably bang him because everyone thinks he's hot and he was younger than me. And uh, we would leave work on lunch breaks and go home and fuck and then come back. And that was kind of hot. And, um, but anyway, and I would never tell my boyfriend, I didn't do it because I didn't like my boyfriend. I did it because I liked him so much and I was so insecure that he treated me like shit. It was like my weird way of justifying the fact that I stayed with him. If that makes sense. It was total insecurity. So, uh, he never found out, but he did. I never told him, but he did. But since I, stop drinking. I don't cheat. It is not in my nature to cheat. Like I said, I don't like uh, variety. I don't need variety. I'm a super honest person. Um, that kind of stuff was done when I was younger, acting out out of insecurity and low self-esteem and all those things. And I've worked on myself so much. So I don't have those issues. So I don't believe once a cheater, always a cheater. Okay. Don't believe that shit. It's not true because I cheated and I'm not a cheater and I'd never cheat again. Someone wanted to know if I've ever made a sex tape for someone or for yourself and I would say yeah fuck yeah I'm very visual as a woman okay like a guy I am wired visually I'm like actually a spatial genius I've had my IQ test like my visual thing is always like off the charts genius so I you know if you're picture in your house is slightly tipped over. It's going to bother the fuck out of me and I could see it. And so I am very visual. I always like sex in front of mirrors. I always like back in the day when you'd have to take pictures and like bring them to the Polaroid place. I remember what me and my boyfriend once took pictures 
And like the thought that he was going to take those pictures and then someone else was going to see them and we got them back and we saw them in pictures of like his dick inside of me. Like, I love that. I like to see that stuff. Um, I, you know, I'm smart about it. I do it with my, you know, people that I know really well. I'm not sending someone I just met the picture of my tits or my pussy. But like, first of all, if a guy wants those kind of pictures, I'm totally down. But I also like it for myself. I like, you know, to videotape someone going down on me like hardcore, like and see that like, that's fucking hot or any of that kind of stuff. So pictures, sex tapes, I've done it. Like I said, I always do it, you know, safe with people that I know I suggest Never putting your face in it if you have a tattoo, which I do. Don't put that shit in any of that stuff. But yes, I have and I like it. I think it's hot. I definitely am a little bit of an exhibitionist. I'm a voyeur. I'm all those kind of things. I like that stuff. So I have and I will continue because I think it's hot. Favorite adult toy. Okay, now I don't know if it exists anymore, but all my friends know that there was a thing called the clit kisser. Now listen, I am a very good Googler. If I need to find something, I go to Google and I Google smart and I find the best shit out there, you know, and I want, I loved sex toys, you know, and so I was always buying them and uh, I wanted like the best sex toy around. So I went to Adam and Eve and I went to like their top 10 list and the top thing on the top is what I bought and was called the clit kisser. Now, don't quote me. This is like 20 years ago when I lived in that apartment with the girls that saw me fuck that other girl. Okay, I it was back then that I got the clit kisser. And let me tell you, this thing, what it was, this apparatus, I'm sure they have stuff like it. And for me, it was like I literally had to throw it away because I was so addicted to it. I thought my vag was going to get deformed from using it so much and I wasn't leaving my house. Like I wouldn't leave my house. It would be like four hours. I'm like, I can't me even meet my friends. And because like I said, I was always open. People would know. And my friends were like, you need to fucking throw the clit kisser out because I was going to like, I, my pussy probably would have looked so bad after using it. Because what this thing did was like, you put it on your pussy, right? And then you squeeze this thing so it would put all this suction so you would get kind of swollen. And then there was a vibrator on it. So it would vibrate you at the same time. Holy fucking shit. Like the best thing ever invented on the planet. It was on the top of the list for a reason. I will say that many years later, I purchased another one and I saw the reviews. People said it's not the same. It falls off. And that's fucking true. I could never get that shit to fit again. They changed the model. It didn't work. But that was the greatest sex toy ever. So if there is a sex toy out there, girls, that you could put on and you squeeze it and it pumps you up and plumps you up, that feeling is fucking hot. And then if there's a vibration on top of it that vibrates your clit, oh my God, hottest thing ever. I'm going to look to see if there's a clit kisser. I'm going to buy one. That really was the best sex toy I've ever had. Now, listen, there was a couple of quick things that people asked me about. I'm just going to give you yes and no answers. Like, have you ever gotten a horny while interviewing? I, I answer that already. No. Are you in a cuckold situation now? No, but I want to be, right? Have you ever hooked up with a caller before? But no, I'm very professional. There's a very major line. I would say there's a lot of people after I talk to them, callers who like want to send me a pic of them and stuff. And I don't like to look. I really like to keep it professional and have and always will. And no, I've never hooked up with a caller. Have I ever been gang banged? No. But apparently that's like everyone's hottest fantasy because those are my highest downloaded episodes ever. Um, have I ever secretly been so turned on I masturbated during a show? No, I already said that. Um, do I have any fetishes? 
She says, no, I, I don't. I don't think women have fetishes. I have a lot of issues, <laughs> but I don't have any fetishes. Not really. I have kinks. We've discussed my kinks here, but no, I don't have any fetishes. Have you ever used a strap-on or a dildo on a partner? I had. I did use a butt plug on a guy that was down. I was very excited that he was down for a little anal play. I was like, finally, a guy that will like admit to it. Because I don't believe a lot of guys that are like, no way that you know, they haven't tried it. I just think a lot of guys are such a stigma attached. So they either keep it under wraps or they're not open to it. But I had a guy, a young guy that I was banging. He was, he was 25 when I was like 40. He was fucking hot. And uh, he let me do butt stuff to him. And it was fun. It was fucking fun. Um, and the, the strap on, no, I've never done that. I typically, because I'm, I'm very typical of like people on my show, like, oh, you know, like that person who's very, sort of alpha or, you know, in charge in real life, they want to switch when they're in the bedroom. That's me. I don't really like to be in charge in the bedroom. I want a man, I want to feel like a woman. I want to be taken advantage of. I want to be raped, quote unquote. You know, like that's girls. Like that makes us feel like girls. Like I like that. I prefer that more. I've never used a strap on. I don't think that I would like it, but I have to say, I have had some girls on who have talked about it and how they never thought that they would. And when they got it on, they realized that they were. So never say never. I don't know. It's not something that I think that I would be into, but maybe I've never tried it. Um, Would you ever share your, oh, would you ever share your face with callers or on private chat? No. Um, You know, the reason why I started out being anonymous on my show is because... I thought it was going to suck. Like I said, I didn't even know it was going to be a sex show. I thought no one's going to listen. And I didn't want anyone to know that I failed so miserably with my show. (laughs) And then after it started, and then it became all about these, you know, uh, sex stuff. I was like working in offices and corporate places. And I just didn't want anyone to know because of that. It had a stigma. And then, listen, I've been doing it for seven years. My life completely changed. Then I became a mom. And now, you know, and now at this point, there are most people in my life don't know. I mean, the people closest to me, like my sister and my very, very good long-term friends know, but most of my mom friends don't know. Uh, Most people don't know what I do. Uh, I keep myself anonymous. It's a card that I have in my back pocket that I could always use at any time that I wanted to if I felt that I wanted to or needed to, right? I always say like, you know, for enough money I would, but at this point it really works. I don't want to go to the gym in my uh, in, in New York and think guys are checking me out because they're just listening to me on my podcast. You know, I have a very big audience now and I don't know that I would want that. I would have to be paid a lot more, even though I do d- well with my show now and it is my full-time job. It's not enough to out myself. So that is, like I said, a card that I hold. It's in my pocket. It is definitely there and might be used at some point, but for right now, I don't show myself to anybody they interview or anyone else because I remain anonymous. And so someone did say, is this like, you know, does anyone know is your podcast your secret life? Yes. I thought that was so great the way that person put it. Yes, this is my secret life that I actually have this fucking show. It's a major secret life, but it might not always be a secret life. You know, somebody said, how worried should we be that you get bored? This is all like the sex stuff is over. But somebody said, how worried should we be that you might get bored and step down? from producing your show. Not at all. I love doing my show. When I was younger, I always loved reality TV. I loved talk shows. My dream was always to be like, have my own radio show or be, have my own talk show because I love to talk. It was always like, oh, do what you love and get paid for it. I'd always make jokes like, I love to talk. How do you get paid for it? Well, you know what? I'm getting paid to do what 
I love. And that's talk. I love what I do. I love talking to people, obviously, because I did this for like uh, six years and didn't make a dime. But now I do very well. It's my full-time job. I love it. Someone said, do you have a, you know, it has the idea of a book about your whole experience ever crossed your mind? Yes, but not a book about me, a book about my show. I'm planning a very big thing that's in the works right now. It'll be announced soon. Uh, Stories about my show and they'll be available. That's coming up. It's very uh, interesting. So now I do also have a book about me that I wrote and drew many, many years ago. Now, I'm not a fucking writer. I hate writing, actually. It was one of the hardest things I ever did, but I did it, and I was very proud of myself when I was finished with it. Um, And I drew it with stick figures. The whole thing is in stick figures. But I have to tell you, the stick figures really works because there's a lot of sex in my book because it's all about relationships. And when you draw sex acts in stick figures. It almost looks like a child drew these fucking things. It kind of takes the edge off. So it's not gross. It's kind of funny. There's a lot of sex. There's a cat that talks. Everyone's obsessed with the cat. It's like the voice of reason. And basically what the book is, is my losing my virginity story, all and every relationship I had until I turned 40. You know, what I like about this book, uh, because when I used to read things, I'm a chapter reader. A lot of times I say I like things backwards, like I read magazine articles backwards. I'll read in the middle of a book a chapter, and then I go to the first chapter. Like, I like to move around. You could do that in this book. Each chapter is a relationship with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and like a little story at the end of explaining like what I learned, and then it goes on to the next one. Now, if you read this whole story from, you know, my losing my virginity story till I'm 40, it's basically like my whole life, and you really go on the journey with me. Now, listen, it is my first book I ever did. I had an agent, actually. Some agent read it, fucking loved it, went out and pitched it, and I was devastated because I got not one offer. (laughs) And it all was like, oh, you don't have a platform, you don't have a platform. And what I really realized is that, you know, we read biographies of people that we want to know more about because we know them already. All my friends love my book because they know me, you know, but a stranger, are they going to love the book? I don't know. I mean, actually, Dr. Guy used to keep a the shitload of my books on his coffee table and random girls that would be at his house because he always was having parties would pick up my book and read it and then they'd take it home and they loved it. So I would give him more. (laughs) It was like spread the word. But anyway, so that's that. I don't advertise this book that much because like I said, it was my first one. It wasn't really put together in the best way. It is up on Amazon. And uh, so if you want to hear all these stories, and get and kind of laugh and probably feel better about yourself because I'm a fucking mess. And I mean, every one, the title is actually The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Train Wreck, A Bunch of Love Gone Very Wrong Stories. <laughs> I mean, there is not one story that goes my way. Okay, everyone is worse than the other. You'll hear some of these stories that you heard now, like halfway in guy. That's a chapter and it's L-O-L, right? Laugh out loud funny. Is that what it means? It's L-O-L. And I promise you, if you buy it, you're going to email me and be like, I'm obsessed with the cat. Cat is the voice of reason. The cat talks. It's my drawings. It's my writings. I try to cut out the blah, blah, blah. It's a quick read. You could read the whole book in like a half hour, even though it's like, you know, 
18 chapters. I don't know. It's kind of long, but because it's like a graphic novel written out in um, stick figures, it's pretty easy. So I'm going to promote it here. I'm going to put a link to that on Amazon if you want to go buy it. Uh, it's there. The link will be there. Um, hopefully you like it. And then I just wanted to leave you off because I thought, oh, things that I would want to know. I'm like, oh, let me give them five interesting facts about me. I figured anybody who listened this far into it is a diehard fan and would want to know. And then after my five interesting facts, I'm going to give some shout outs to people who I know and love from the show. Five interesting facts about me. One, I'm obsessed with dead bodies, like corpses. I'm like so obsessed with it. There was a book by Barry Roach called Stiff. Oh my God, if you are interested in dead bodies and everything that happens to them and all like dead body facts and stuff, like that is like one of the best books I ever read because she kind of really dumbed it down and made it funny. And there's just so many things. Like, did you know that there are like, these places where they're like a, like dead body plant farms where they like you go and there's like all these dead bodies in different places rotting in different forms of decomposition or like whatever like you know just because they're just trying to study like what happens to bodies that have been murdered and left around so like you know one body is there and it's being you know rained on and it's in the dirt and another body's in another location doing stuff because they're trying to figure out what happens to body another chapter is like you know what happens to bodies in plane crashes and uh what happens to cadavers and oh and there's a thing that you could do and this is what I'm doing when I die is you could donate your body to be all kinds of crazy things and one of them the one that I love the best is you can donate your body to be a crash test dummy so basically when I just think it's fucking hilarious and I don't care about the body I just don't and so I just think there's nothing better than take my body as a crash test dummy what they do is they take your you know dead body and they put it in front of a car and they to crash you they crash you many times into things and let me just tell you crash test dummies save like there's a certain number of like you save like thousands of lives every cat crash test dummy saves like 1800 lives or something like that so not only is it hilarious you're saving lives I am going to donate my body as a crash test dummy I learned about that from my Mary Roach book stiff obsessed with dead bodies I have claustrophobia okay duh I love airplane crashes like obsessed like airdisaster.com oh my god and then there's another show called air disaster on nat geo i mean the acting is really bad i mean laugh out loud funny but the stories are great i love nothing more than a airplane crash i'm not afraid of airplanes i do believe i will die in an airplane crash i don't know why i think that but there's something about airplane crashes that i love and it goes to my set third or fourth <laughs> Interesting fact. I'm actually obsessed also with airplanes. Like I used to go all my life to the private airplane place in Teterboro in New Jersey and I'd park across the street because you're like really like maybe 20 feet away from the runway and watch the planes take off. And it was always either me alone or me with an old guy and his old son. It was never an old man and a young son. It was like an old man and his like 40 year old son. <laughs> watching too like where are all the people that are into planes like I am like it's so exhilarating there's something about planes that I love I love them I'm not afraid of flying I, I don't I'm a claustrophobic so when they say we have locked the doors and you're now stuck in this plane like that fucking freaks me out and if I got stuck on the tarmac I'd have a panic attack <laughs> but I'm not afraid of flying I love 
planes, okay? And I also love plane crashes. I was thrown out of three high schools. I did graduate. My last one, I was able to get back in. And I had my shrink, who I call the paralyzed lesbian, because she did hit on me. And that's a whole other story that I can't get into. But (laughs) that bitch got me into the last one who tried to throw me out. So I was thrown out for three high schools because I was so bad. I really was. I was kind of funny, though. I do have people that wrote in my yearbook like I've never saw anyone that told off a teacher like you, dude. You were hilarious. <laughs> people, I was entertaining. Okay, but I was bad. I was very out of the box. You couldn't tell me what the fuck to do. I took my education and threw it in the shitter. I was acting out. It was terrible, but I did get out, thrown out of three high schools, but I did graduate um, and everything's good. Uh, I'm sober for 19 years now. I quit drinking at 34 and I still haven't. And I'm not an AA person. So I believe very much in AA. I started out doing AA in the beginning and did it for a while um, and have many friends that are in the program and love it and it really works for them. For me, it didn't work, but I'm here to say and why I bring it up is because it's you don't have to do that. For me, it worked better not doing it and I was super successful and have never had a drink since and I've been sober 19 years. So uh, whether you need AA or not, for me, being sober and quitting alcohol was like besides having my son was like the best thing I ever did, the most life-changing thing. My son was more so, but before my son being sober and getting sober was the best, most life-changing thing that I had ever done in my life. So I highly recommend it to anyone who thinks they have a problem. (laughs) And my father is a reverend. Yeah, duh. Everyone's gonna laugh at that because everyone, when I was younger and I'd be like, yeah, my father's a priest. I say priest, but it's not really a priest because they'd be like, priest can't get married. Okay, he's a fucking reverend. You know, what's the difference? But there is a difference. That's what he is. Everyone would be like, oh, it makes sense. You're so bad. The reverend's daughter, you know, it is very cliche, but that's the truth. So those are some interesting facts about me. I want to say I love doing my show. This is my 500th episode. It's so exciting for me that here I am so many years later still doing it because like I said, it is what I love. And before I did my show and started to get people who listen to it and people write it and fans, quote unquote, you know, email me, I always felt embarrassed to be a fan of someone. I felt like, oh, like how embarrassing you ask someone for your autograph or you, you know, tell them that you like love them so much. I don't know why, but I have to say now that I'm on the receiving end of it, oh my God, it's, I love the people who listen to my show. Like they are my favorite people. The way you feel about the people, your fans is, it's just, I understand it when people say it, you know? I didn't understand it when I was on the opposite side. But now, like I said, that I create people who, you know, take my content and enjoy it and like it and listen and are loyal. I fucking love you. My show would not be here without you. You are my fucking people and I appreciate it and you keep my show show going and without you, I wouldn't be there. And there are some people that have been there since the beginning or been there since I got on YouTube and they're always commenting or writing me or DMing me and I love those people. I'm going to give some shout outs, right? So first of all, I'm going to give a shout out to Amy EE. Okay, you know who the fuck you are. Uh, There's Justin Sullivan. There's Miami Vice, 1984 FL. There's Jordy 2C. There's Joe Mahone or Mohan. I don't know. I always say his name wrong, but He's a YouTuber and he's always commenting. He's very much all for my show. There's a new guy, Howard Johnson. Howard Johnson has been fucking busting up my YouTube comment section. I love that. 
There's Granite Girl. There's Fly Miranda. There's John Smith. There's Mick Shear. There's Tori. There's James Brake. He was a guy early on who came on my show and then started a Reddit page for my show. He's fucking awesome. There are two girls on Instagram, Noelle Eaglo and Heather Strom. I don't know why, but you guys stand out to me and I love girls who listen to my show. I'm so down with that. There's James Teague. There's Chris. I don't know your last name, but it's just your chest picture on Instagram. There's Michael. I don't want to say your last name. You were just on my show. He's always like sending me content and stuff. There is Chloe Ratchford. There's Basta Grooves. There's El Barto, Jeff Gamal, HW Reviewer, Beef Tripe, Nancy Girl. Jim, a.k.a. Be Denied. He's been on my show many times. I'm going to give a shout out to people who have been the gift that keeps on giving. Christine, Gangbang Christine, Molly, Dr. Guy and his girlfriend. These are people who have called in the show more than once. But if I forgot anybody, I am so freaking sorry. I'll give you email me and be like, what the fuck? And I'll give you a shout out on my next episode. But oh, and also... My troll. Is it Dequa? Okay, he's a fucking troll. But if you are still listening, Dequa, and you hear this, you're a troll who secretly loves my fucking show. And the reason why I love trolls is because you are nobody until you have some of them. So I have some trolls. I love them too because it reminds me that my show is doing well. It is doing well. I'm always in the top of the charts. If you're still listening now, I don't like to ask for things, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it once. Can you please just fucking give me five stars on Spotify or on you uh what is it iTunes okay there are so many podcasts out there with like so many more reviews than they're supposed to have because they're all fucking lying and buying shit and I don't do that you know but in order to keep up with the Joneses these fucking people who are gaming the system I need more of that stuff but I want it legit so if you are my true fans if you're listening this far into it you are you do love my show, so show me some love by hitting five star. That's it, five star on Spotify or five star on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show. Last thing I want to say, and I'm going to end on this. I love my sponsors. There's Mystery Vibe and Promescent. Okay, they are my fucking faves. Cool companies, great products, and they totally support this show. So you could listen to it for free. I love Promescent and Mystery Vibe. So buy up. Go to those websites. Go to the links. I promote them all the time. Their shit is great. I wouldn't take them on as a sponsor if I didn't believe in them. And I thank them so much for supporting my show. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics 
of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.